welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And it's also about our lives. Folks, thank you for tuning in. We're so happy to be talking to you this Monday. Make sure that you guys are giving us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Write a little nice review. It helps the visibility of this podcast, and we'd really, really appreciate it. Also, we have a Patreon. Go ahead and check out our Patreon, Reality Blows. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash reality blows. You get two, that's right, two bonus episodes a month for five bucks a month. Um, and uh, Ashley, why don't you tell the fine folks what's going to be on this week's Patreon app? We've got a very special app. Uh, I don't want to give out too many details until we recorded it, and those details have proven to be true. But it is about uh, Disney. It's a Disney-centric app. So if you consider yourself a Disney head, you're going to want to check it out. I'll give you a little... I want to give them a little taste. Give them a taste. We did watch the 2002 picture, Country Bears. And folks, if I could tell you that this was the worst movie I've ever seen, well, I probably wouldn't be lying because... It is bad, but that's not all we're going to talk about. We have some other fun stuff. We have an, yeah, another a movie that is good to also discuss. Yeah, I guess. We haven't watched that one yet. Maybe we'll hate it. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ash, what else is on the docket? Today, my um, my story, my meet cute comes out called Georgia's Gentleman. Now, meet cute is, um, this is a, a podcasting company that is uh, putting out uh, scripted rom-com podcasts, right? Correct. Uh, that all revolve around something uh, which is a plot device in a rom-com, which is called a meet cute. Mm-hmm. Now, a meet cute is whenever two characters meet. In a cute way, it's the classic, you know, two kids in school or two college kids, you know, walking down the hallways, not paying attention, bump into one another. One of them drops all their books on the ground. The other one picks them up. And that is a meet cute, folks. Exactly. It's all about romance. And they're doing um, they're doing audio plays, these rom-com audio plays. Each chapter is around two and a half minutes. I've been working for them for a couple of months, and the first one I wrote was loosely based on season one Shep from Southern Charm. Whoa. Season one Shep. Season one Shep. Not aged, older, uh, offensive Shep, but season one Shep. So I wrote this little rom-com, very loosely based. Cannot stress that enough. Very loosely based, okay? We're saying uh, just it's a drop in the ocean, a Shep is, of this this uh, rom-com. So it comes out today on Meet Cute. You can find it on your Apple Podcast app. It's just really, it's Meet Cute is the name of the pod. And it's uh, my my version, my story is Georgia Georgia's Gentleman. Georgia's Gentleman. Check it out anywhere podcasts are so... Yeah, it wasn't really a plug for the podcast, um, you know, because I'm not trying to like, you know, I like it. We plug our podcast. This is not a commercial for Meet Cute. It's just interesting to have something um, that really is like from all of my different worlds kind of come together you know like i i write for television i'm a script writer i write for the radio so that's one version of ashley i like reality television that's another version of ashley and i podcast so for all those things to be sort of uh swept together mixed up in a big old mixing bowl that's kind of exciting yeah and if you can figure out how to get egg sandwiches in there that's another thing you like are you going to listen? What? What do you mean? Are you going to listen? I'm curious. Oh, to, I thought it meant to you. I was like, I've been literally staring at you. For... <laughs> no, I meant the pothead. Oh, maybe. Are you interested in seeing this Shep-inspired character? I think I was before the pandemic. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm, I've kind of found myself in this world of like, I have almost so much bullshit that I am excited to do every day. Like I've fallen into like Wally status where it's just like, now I'm just like a mush and I wake up and it's just like, where will my mush slosh over to today? Ah. And so today, like I woke up and started listening. My father gave me his password to um, Sirius XM and I started listening to the Howard Stern episode that's live airing right now right and it, like i forgot that howard stern is like also going through this pandemic right and he's live on air yeah i haven't been seeing much live stuff lately just because everything that's live is like either on television which we don't have regular cable we're cord cutters in this family yeah but also um it i 
like sports, like we could have watched, you know, we, we, we would have been watching, you know, March Madness and things like that all, all last month and live television of sports and, 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 and basketball. And, um, you know, it, it, it would have been, I would have felt like more in touch with the universe yeah, yeah, if yeah. sports was happening. Totally. Um, and so I'm just living in my bubble of podcasts and television shows that came out in the 80s and 90s and so you're saying you that it would that deters you from listening to this i won't know i remind well yes that's what's deterring me today yeah because i was reminded of the fact that howard stern is live on the air every day and he's like dealing with the fact that he can't leave his house as well yeah so i started listening to that before this and now i'm like man i guess i should probably catch up with Howard Stern for the past month and see how he's dealt with the pandemic. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to listen to it. You have to else. listen to it. You've got to listen to it. It's like 15 minutes. You have to listen to it. Oh, all right. I'll listen you to it. You just have to. If I was to tell you I made a character that is uh, inspired by Shep, what attributes do you think they would have? Horny. What? <laughs> Horny. Is that an attribute? Um. Okay. No. Get, do it again. I mean, no, it's, that's not part of the character. Toothy. Nope. Um, rich. Yeah, that's a little bit, I guess, part of the character. Um, interesting that you haven't like you haven't hit the top three. A drunk. Yes. Okay. There we go. Uh huh. Um, a drinker. A drinker. Let's say he's maybe living in a little bit of uh, arrested development. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, a womanizer? Is that horny? No. Okay. Basically, the top three things I thought you would say were uh, a drinker. Yeah. He's living a, a beach bum type life. To uh, a reader. Shep's a big reader. Shep quotes things a lot. When He's you well read. Ask a hundred uh, uh, Southern Charm fans what they... Um, Think they, of Shep? Yeah, they're yeah. not going to say reader in the well, first Well, he's well-read. Yeah, but something that still, I, noticed. I mean, don't be disappointed that I didn't say that now. And then the third thing is, has been on a reality show, which oh. seems like... No, because I'm not thinking be... of... The sh- I'm thinking of Shep on a reality show, so I'm not going to say, oh, he's on a reality show. You know what I mean? On TV. Okay. I wouldn't have said that. Okay. You know? okay. I just think that you uh, should change what he what's about him, and you should change it to Teethy. I just wonder if this is going to be really bad. I'm, I hope it's not bad. Oh, that's why you want me to listen to it. Yeah. You just plugged all of our uh, I wasn't plugging blowhards it. now I wasn't are going go, to go out just, and listen to this thing and just, be like, what in the world? You, what do you have Shep doing, our presser Shep? Is he doing something weird? Um, He's not doing anything weird. Is he but seducing an underage woman or something? What do you have him doing? I guess I should have listened to it first before I talked about it on the pod because I don't know like what kind of voice actors they cast or like if they did any Oh, y'all, I'm Shep. If they did any rewrites on it, you know, like they could have like done another pass on it and cut stuff off, cut stuff out. I don't know. You Shep's guys, a serial killer. It could be interesting. We'll find out. We'll find out. In other news, can we move on? You're the one who wanted to talk about this. <laughs> and I, now I want to only talk about this. I'm looking at our cat right now. Our cat, she does this thing where, Lily, you guys know Lily, right? Lily the cat. She, she does this thing where she'll just enter a room and just start staring at the corners of the room. Yeah, like she in sees the top, ghosts. In, but like up, like if a, if a cat's like looking in the corner and like eye level, that's fine. But our cat's like looking up in the air, like, hmm, what's going on in the corner of the room? I know. It seems like there's stuff happening up there that we can't see. I think what's happening is she saw a fly. That's possible. That's what I think is happening. Because yeah. as much as I love our little Lily, I just don't think she has supernatural powers. I really don't. Otherwise, she would be able to trick us into giving her dry food a little easier than she does. She doesn't have supernatural powers, but she does have one single dreadlock sticking out of her back. <laughs> she does have a dreadlock now, guys. She's it's a quarantine lock. <laughs> you know how like I have I have a quarantine beard. Um, Lily has a quarantine dreadlock. I got She's, a quarantine mustache. Yeah, Ashley's got a full-on stash handlebar. She's waxing it. Um, and now she's got a little Lily's got a little dreadlock in the back of her hair. Like we could comb it out, I guess, but we kind of like it. Everybody's just being a little, very slouchy in this house. Yeah. So we're just letting her live her slouch life. Yeah. She got a little dreadlock. I heard her. She had a little tiny pair of cat earbuds and she was listening to Bob Marley too. And <laughs> I was like, go. come on. And then all of a sudden I was like, stop with the Bob Marley. And then she started playing ska music and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Get yeah. into it. Um, so Ash, uh, I bet you that your 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 podcast that you wrote um, 
This is back in I'm, January, I'm too. Sh- I'm no. Sh- so no mention of Corona, huh? No. Which actually... That's going to be a problem. I was going to ask you. So you're you're listening to Howard Stern, right? So yeah. are you listening to a lot of podcasts? And how do you feel about them either A, talking about the situation, or B, not talking about it? Because some of the podcasts I listen to are not talking about it. Pre-recorded? Were they recorded no, banked episodes? Uh-uh. No. They're like, hey, hey, guys, we're recording from our homes, you know, because of social distancing. Yeah. But we're not going to spend too much time talking about that today because we're going to talk about xyz so it's like they're they're saying like we acknowledge the situation but we're a distraction well i feel like the yeah that's the two things one of them is people want to be a distraction from all this and also and i am i am recording a, a another podcast right now i'm banking episodes and i will tell you folks about it when the time has come just tell them right now and they can be on the lookout for it i'm recording a podcast where i watch every episode of the uh hit TGIF television show step by step and then I recap it and talk about it with a friend um not me not Ashley I've been cut out you guys I was fired <laughs> you were not quarantine. cut out I've been cut out I I just figured you didn't want to be involved listen I if you want to pull pull the the veil away from from this it's it's sometimes it's tough to get Ashley to watch a lot of these the amount of television that I want to watch is that they true know. they know so I feel like taking on something that has seven seasons 25 episodes a season it's, it's like maybe much. you wouldn't want to be watching that with me as well I would never do that yeah you don't want to do it but but for a second you're like that sounds cool yeah, it's a cool concept. Because I have, a, well, you like it just because I have a great name for the show and I have a great theme song for the show. Yeah. You just want to be involved with that. I find the name, which is Ep by Ep. Oh, you just, you just <laughs> debuted that. You didn't even let me. That's right, folks. It's called Ep by Ep and it's a step-by-step podcast. And the theme song is off the chain, so. I recorded a theme song uh, for it and I recorded it in like 11 minutes and it's my, my the most impressive thing I've ever done with my life. I'm I, I'm very, I'm very into it. I'll play this. You know what? We'll debut it. We'll debut that theme song. Next week? Next week because I'm going to start launching this podcast soon and more promotion of this podcast. That I'm not going to promote it all the time, but I will play that theme song on here. You so can you only hear. promote it today and then next week. Well. And those are my rules. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but I'm banking some episodes. But regardless, uh, let's go back to your point here. Yeah. Um. So I'm having an issue since I'm banking all these podcasts, and it's like not a news podcast. You know, this is a podcast that could just live in the vaults, yeah. or just be a time capsule, or not. You know, it's just talking about something from a long, long time ago, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's timeless. When do I, I say it's timeless? But do I need to be talking about the reason I started it was because I'm in quarantine, even though in four years from now, when somebody like decides to look up step by step on a podcast app and it's like, oh, cool, this person went through all of them. And now the first 30 episodes is just like, yeah, we're stuck because of this virus. (laughs) And it's like, oh, that fucking virus thing. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. So like, I'm thinking that maybe some of these podcasts are thinking, having the foresight to be like, we're not always going to be living this situation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So why, you know, can you imagine right now, right? You throw on a podcast. Give me something that you're like a big, give me something that you're like a big um, fan of. Um, like, like a concept or any, like a podcast? Anything that maybe you would like a podcast about that is just like something you're uh, like a fandom of yours or like, you know, anything at all. A topic you really like. Um, basketball. Harry Potter. Okay, so let, I'm changing it to <laughs> Harry Potter. So there's somebody okay. who, let's just say there's someone who's just started rewatching the movies and it's like a person you think is kind of fun and cool. Yes. And you're like, I would love to rewatch these movies and then listen to like the hour long recaps afterwards. That'd yes. be like a really fun podcast thing to do. Which has happened and okay. I've enjoyed. Right. Yeah. So let's just say that you pop one on today and uh, Trump got elected a week ago. Yeah. And in the first 10 minutes of every podcast, it's just being like, I'm sorry, guys, that we're dealing with Trump right now that Trump just got <laughs> elected. Uh, I know you guys are all sitting there reeling about how Trump is in office. Is like, how is this going to be for the next two years? Like, is it going to be terrible? And you're just like, I know how it is. It's awful and I'm pissed off but like I'm over that point in my life when when everybody was just talking about the amazement that Trump got elected can't believe it man now think about that that's gonna be coronavirus in two or three years you're right do you know what I mean where people are like I don't really want to be reminded of that it's not even reminded it's more like "Mm, we've all moved on a little bit like this is just life now you know when somebody's like can you believe Trump got elected I'm like yeah I do I do believe it. that's the reality I live in. I just live here now you know what I mean so that is kind of the line that I feel like podcasts are sort of towing right now it's like 
But that being said, yeah. for me personally, which is the original question, yeah. if I pop your podcast on and it's just like a general conversation podcast, like our podcast is, two people chatting about life, and it's before the pandemic, like they they banked a whole bunch of episodes and it's like I'm listening to stuff that was recorded in like December. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, uh, can you believe that, uh, you know, uh, all of these uh, debates that are ha- like the fact that like the Democratic debates are like the biggest thing people are talking. I'm like, get the fuck out of my ears. I want you to tell me about what I'm feeling about right now. I want people commiserating over the fact that they're stuck in their houses. Yeah. And don't know what the future is going to be like. And like a cataclysmic event has happened upon this world. A world-changing event has happened. And you're talking about the democratic debates? It's like, who fucking cares about any of that stuff? So that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And when I pop on a podcast that is banked before, I sometimes go, well, I, I do like this, and maybe I'll listen to it. But often, I don't listen to the whole thing, and I'm searching for something that was that was uh, is, is more timely. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. How do you feel about it? Mm, I feel the same way. I like a discuss. If it's a discussion podcast, then I want it to uh, talk about what's going on. My issue is that sometimes with the discussion podcast, it reveals the host behavior that I then pass judgment on during quarantine. Like the host will be like, "Yeah, uh, the apartment's gym is still open, so I've been going there." And then I'm like, "You can't go to the freaking gym," you know? Like I'm all worked up at home. So that is kind of uh, frustrating. That's happened twice where someone on a podcast has said something that isn't like, you know, mm, the best quarantine behavior and that I've found suspect. I mean, these are people in L.A. It's like not as locked down as New York, but it's still been frustrating. And I agree with you. I think if it's a specialized podcast, you don't want to like turn it on and listen to if I was listening to a Harry Potter podcast and they were talking about that, I wouldn't want to listen to it. Yeah, I have mentioned it a couple of times in the recording of these episodes, just up front, like the reason why I started this. Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, But like waxing poetic about it or like talking about the ramifications of it for a step by step podcast seems a bit much. No, but like I've had guests being like, yeah, the you know, it's like I'm like, thanks for listening to uh, watching this episode and talking to me. And then a guest will be like, yeah, stuck in quarantine because of COVID-19 in 2020 of March. And you're like, okay, well, you've dated this, (laughs) um, but I get it. And that's okay. You know, um, we're not harping on it, but there are mentions of it. Um, but you know that's something we're doing to our podcast. Yeah, we're no, dating no, no. this, but we are we are doing a podcast. This is a this is a weekly diary, basically of how we're doing this for our children, to right? Listen to in the future, a time capsule that we are uh, gonna give to Lily when we pass away <laughs> to to auction off for millions and millions of dollars. We're gonna give her the MP3s. Once the internet goes down, you'll need those MP3s and MP3 players, folks. You just will. But um, yeah, I feel like um, we probably. I, I I feel like that people can probably still listen to this podcast because it seems like more of a timestamp. It's just like two people talking about it. Also, we're referential like right now about the fact that we know that this is an issue. By the way, Ashley has her phone ringer on because another thing that's going on in this country is people are trying to get unemployment. And in New York City, there's a real wonky way to get unemployment where you have to like send an email, go to a website. You file out a form online and then, which first off takes forever because the the website's jammed up and boots you off. And then you got to get, you have to talk to someone on the phone and confirm that you are indeed who you say you are. And that has been proving itself to be a pipe dream so far on my end. Uh, getting a hold of anyone so they might call me today which is why my phone is on the volumes up yeah the volumes up but instead what we have is ashley's like 49 text buddies who just relentlessly text ashley i get a lot of texts it's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of text messages going on um so uh yeah i mean hopefully you guys are staying safe and all that stuff and uh we'll continue to talk about uh the ramifications of coronavirus in our apartment since we don't leave it really yeah speaking of we should talk about what we watched this week because we have a lot to say about it yeah we'll see you after the break why are you asking (laughs) you could just break us ash you're one half of this podcast we'll see you after the break you know that didn't sound right let me do it um 
folks that it it just i'm sorry i tried to let you have the reins there of of breaking us but it just we'll um see you after the break how dare you uh let me take command of it folks thanks so much for listening to the first top of the podcast we're gonna take a quick break come back with the second top of the podcast (laughs) and come on ash you you, you had your chance to steal it and you couldn't steal it here we go guys folks thank you so much for listening to the show that was it and uh damn it um all right hold on let me i'll do it guys we're gonna take a hold on (laughs) nick's all of a sudden got the hiccups guys we're gonna take a quick break uh and when we come back we're gonna be talking all about reality television actually we have some scripted stuff in there we watched a whole bunch of mafioso bullshit and we are gonna spew uh what we thought about it into your ears um what, what did we watch? We watched Families of the Mafia. Mm-hmm. This is what spawned this. This is MTV's new hit reality show. I don't know if you can say well, we that. No, I don't know. I didn't check the numbers. Yeah. Um, Something tells me it's not going to do well. But we also watched uh, a biopic that Lifetime aired like last year called Victoria Gotti, My Father's Daughter. And then that led us to watch one episode, the first episode of Growing Up Gotti from 2004 we had a wild ride this week and we're gonna tell you all about it stick around let's do it let's do it sorry (laughs) hey folks we are back okay so first things first we're gonna do this chronologically how we watched it we uh, i made ashley watch families of the mafia i made her watch this just because i don't know it premiered this week and i was like oh this could be good to talk about popped it on turned out that I had recognized a couple of the characters on this show. And I, and I'm and to be quite clear, while I was looking up the names of people just as we were in the break, I'm realizing that MTV has just repackaged a show that was airing in January of 2019, and that show is called Made in Staten Island. So I think I watched one or two episodes of this, and that's why I recognized uh, one, of the, one of the young men in the show. Obviously, I recognized Karen Gravano and her daughter, um, and because uh, they were on Mob Wives, uh, spe- uh, most notably Karen, who is Sammy the Bull Gravano's daughter, and um, so it seems like they just repackaged a show called Made in Staten Island because it wasn't doing well. They, like, yanked it, changed the focus, and changed the name. And now it's called uh, Families of the Mafia. Uh, not a good name. Let's uh-uh. just start right there. I mean, uh-uh. that seems like a really bland—I think every mafioso Italian mob movie, TV show, book has probably been taken at this point. There's been so much— out there that they're like let's just call it families of the mafia even born into the mob would be better it sounds like a description of a television show families of the mafia watch families of the mafia you know it's like watch a- families of the mafia compete in fun challenges to see if they can stay on the island now i thought this was interesting that karen gravano is now back on tv as a, as another as, as a mob person on this show and she you was said on, she was from mob wives she was on mob wives is that different than married to the mob I don't know what the fuck Married to the Mob is. Oh, I might have just made that up. I think Married to the Mob might be a movie or something. I don't oh. even know what that is. Okay. Um, Mob Wives is the show that was on, I, I believe that's a VH1. Um, and it had uh, her and it had uh, Drita and a couple other characters. Uh, Big Ange, rest in peace. Mm. This was uh, an institution, really, um, over there. And uh, really uh, took uh, the Italian mob related reality show to the to uh the, the plateau really i don't think they're ever going to do as good as they did with that the first couple of seasons of mob wives was were great good stuff but i remember from watching mob wives that karen moved back to staten island from arizona so she could be on mob wives she moved her kid there they were like living in arizona for years and that was sort of what was going on they didn't say like oh she moved for the show but like Drita being like, I can't believe Karen's back in town. How could that rat show her face in Staten Island? Because as we all know, or maybe you didn't, her father, Sammy the Bull, is the notable mob rat that put like 500, you know, gangsters behind bars. And he himself was behind bars for like 18 years. Specifically John Gotti. He put John Gotti behind bars. Specifically John Gotti. Everybody loved John Gotti. So we, um, well, the people that he, or, you know, he took from and killed probably don't like him right but it seemed like everybody else did baby i saw Gotti, um and uh so then this show families of the mafia 
is really about how Sammy the Bull is now out of prison and he's in like a compound in Arizona. And um, Karen and her daughter take like a pilgrimage back to Arizona to see him for the first time out of prison. And they do this on camera. And it seems like Sammy the Bull is very excited to tell his side of the story. I wouldn't say that that is what this show is about. I would say this show is about three families three to four different families connected to different areas of the mob in fact we're introduced to one family that appears to be two sisters and they are like we've never had a family member in the mob but we've grown up around them and then we never got any information from those people again i was very curious how they were going to explore that angle but it's like little looks into these different families and how they're operating um specifically three families including the woman that you just mentioned and her daughter and then a woman and her Irish husband who is the O'Toole family the O'Toole family he was connected to the Irish mom they have three kids and then another woman with blonde hair who was a drug dealer on Staten Island and her sort of split family it seems to be split up a little bit she's living in Brooklyn her son is living with her brothers her brother her husband's sister in Staten Island. It was it was a lot of like how are these families sort of dealing with their um their their past, their inherited past. Yeah, and um yeah, that last family we were talking about, the kid who's living with his aunt and uncle out on Staten Island is um I recognize him from one of these shows. He clearly was one of these stars on these shows. Mm. So I don't know. It's a very it was a very int- I didn't like it really, up until the last 10 minutes where Karen goes and talks to her father. Who's Sammy like, the Bull. Yeah, because that was like... That was really more like three, two to three minutes, and it just it gave us a couple of choice lines. Well, the way it makes it sound is like he is here to set the... He is taking his reality TV show post, finally, yeah. where he belongs, and he is here to set the record straight. Was he a snitch? Maybe. Was he forced to? Maybe. Maybe he was. Is everything as it seems? Maybe not. I remember some of these kids, some of the kids from the trailer of an MTV show that was like Kids of the Mob that we saw a trailer for maybe a couple years ago. And we were like, oh, we should watch that. And now I can't find it anywhere. It seems to have been scrubbed off the Internet. Teens of the Mob. Um, kids of the mob, something like that, where we saw all these kids and how they're living their lives as teens. Yeah. Anyway, I really, really didn't like this show. Yeah, why did you hate this show so much? I found it um, to be, I didn't find it funny. There's some scenes where you can laugh at people, but you're laughing at them. And their glorification of their violent past was such a turnoff. I'm not, I'm not interested in people who are, I I don't want to call anyone a loser, but a lot of these people came across like, um, people that have no sense of values or goals that are just kind of hung up on how they're perceived and it just seemed to be a show focused on people who are obsessed with their image and their image being tightly tied to like whether or not they're the most violent and corrupt and a lot of glorification of you know their their parents but also a lot of like victimization of themselves it was just it was honestly a mess and it was a real turn off to watch um, I agree with you. The last couple of scenes with Sammy the Bull were interesting because he seemed to be um, like he's an authentic player in this drama, right? Whereas these other people seem to be, instead of trying to branch out and establish themselves as their own identities, sort of clinging to and like putting on a pedestal this really despicable inherited past. I'm not into that. It's sort of the same thing that I feel like with like dumb redneck Southerners who glorify their like past relatives as like a time of the South gone by, you know, when it's like, well, they were just racist, violent pieces of shit. Am I going off on too much of a tangent no. here? Does that do you know what I'm saying though? Does that make does that metaphor that does that comparison make sense? It does. 
So what happened that was I found interesting to me was that I my I, I thought after watching this first episode, I was like, I must not like mob shit. But then after we watched the next couple of things, I realized I, I do like it. And I think that the difference is, is with specifically like growing up Gotti and her, the movie and the show, uh, Victoria Gotti's movie and then the show, it's that these people are, they're so closely tied to it that it, they're not clinging to it if that makes sense. It's a difference between actually being in it and seeing a portrait of someone that was like truly raised by a, 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 a father who ran, who was the head of five different, you know, mafia houses and someone who was related to that person twice removed, who now is just using that as their identity. It's, it's a, it's a difference and it translates between, and it, it comes down to something that is either watchable or not watchable for me. I think quite honestly, what made this tough to for you to watch is that there was nothing that separates and there is nothing that separates a mob wives from a real housewives do you know what i mean there's no it's it just feels like uh it's the same show you're just kind of swapping out the you know the backstory on a lot of these things and so it's just I don't think that you really like reality shows that feel like that show that we watched, Families of the Mafia. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it's it's being Families of the Mafia is like completely character driven. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's like and the storylines and the way that they have it's to portray all personality these, driven. Yeah, and it's just like you're not gonna put somebody who's interesting on air but not TV worthy. Do you know what I mean? So. It's uh, y- y- all of the hangups, I think, you know, and I, and I think you do have hangups with the Real Housewives, uh, you know, shows, right? Like, they're not your favorite things to watch. I don't have hangups with them, but I'm definitely not pulled into them. Yeah. Like, I, you can show me clips, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Right. And, and, and I, I see the allure, but I've never been sucked into it. And I could show you clips of, if I showed you the great clips of whatever this Families of the Mafia thing, you'd be like, that'd be kind of interesting. Not really for me, though. I so, don't want to watch people who are desperate and sad, but also clinging to that identity and and just, ugh, I don't know. I found the show very well, like, off-putting. Let's just say Sonia, Sonia Morgan from Real Housewives of New York. She is a person um, for a long time was clinging to her ex-husband's name, mm. the Morgan family, you know, the Morgan estate, the more, and she's divorced. Mm. And you're just like, you know, it got to the point where characters on the show were like, why are you have, why do you have the Morgan family crest on your, on your slippers? Like you're not part of that family anymore. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's people clinging on to this identity of when they felt like they had power. And really now it's just like, that's what separates me. That's what makes me interesting. And if I lose that, I don't know who I am. Yeah. Karen Gravano at this point is a person who has now for the past eight, nine years on television been Sammy the Bull's daughter as a reality star. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you lose that, it's just like, you're just some lady from Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I found her storyline with her dad to be the most interesting of the storylines. Um, and yeah, I see what you're saying. I do, I do. And so I think that you personally are not drawn in by that type of reality. I really, I, I really think this is like an editing and feel thing rather than like content-wise because I think that there could be a fantastic reality show based around a mafia family and you'd be completely drawn in if it was done in a different style, if it didn't feel like um, trash, you know, you know, basically, you know, love and hip hop, but with the mafia. The at the production value of this was very low. I don't know what love and hip hop's production value is like, but this felt like it's probably um, the same production company that the, does it. This felt like it was made in 2010. It had like a very old feel to it, a kind of old cheap feel. You're right. I, if there was a docu series that took this the subject matter a little bit more seriously and didn't seem like 
so um, produced and didn't like storylines felt very produced. Yeah. And it also felt like everyone was just struggling for their own storyline, which really seemed to boil down to like uh, this, you know, victimhood, but also, like I said, a glorification and sort of hero, quote unquote, hero worship of their, um, you know, relatives. Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, that was sort of proved by the fact that you were more interested in the next two things that we watched, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say that uh, I didn't hate Families in the Mafia. I did like that last thing with Sammy the Bull. I might tune in. Now that I know that it's only six parts, I might just watch this thing. I mean, yeah. quite honestly, I have the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and we do do a podcast about reality TV, so it's like, yeah. eh, I can chalk it up and say we'll, I'll talk about it on the show. Um, so... I might watch this thing. Uh, what was also interesting to me, though, is I did like the fact that it also showed like a different mafia. I like the fact that there was um, the Irish uh, mob was involved in this as well. Right. With this guy, this O'Toole family and his father being a hitman for the the IRA. Um, kind of interesting. Don't really see much of that on TV. It's always so Italian based mafioso shit yeah. forever and ever since the 70s. You know, you're seeing that. So um, I'm interested in it. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, it's it'll be the, the drug dealer family. I could, t- I could give a shit about. Yeah. And the other Klingon families that are that not necessarily sons or daughters of people who are connected in different ways. Yeah. I really don't care. They about. literally were like, we don't have any connection to yeah. the mob, but we grew up yeah. around it. And we're just like, like felons. <laughs> like, OK, well. Uh, we had a Easter Zoom with Nick's family yesterday, and we were talking about television, and your sister said she accidentally watched this show. I think it just kind of like rolled into it or something. I think it is on after um, Jersey Shore, which makes sense. Oh, yeah. And she said said it made her feel bad. She's like, what am I watching? (laughs) But yet, you know, Gabby, my sister... You know, she she'll watch some fucking reality. You know what I mean? She'll yeah. sit down and watch the shit. So I, I do appreciate that she accidentally watched the entire episode. <laughs> that is just good stuff. And my mother, once I we kind of I talked to her about it, she thought it was kind of looked kind of crummy. And I was like, yeah, but Sammy the Bull at the end, he's like, she's like, I'm interested in that. I will watch it. Sammy the Bull was the most interesting part. Yeah. And because basically he says to his daughter, I mean, he's he, you know, as you have said, I don't think you said it on this pod, but as you said in our conversations off pod, he's clearly taking advantage of this situation and rebranding himself as a reality star. So he's saying things like, um, I would kill for you. Yeah. Cameron, I'd kill for you, you know, right into it. And it's just like, that was like, oh, shit. I kind of started cheering a little bit when Sammy was talking like this. Why? Because I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those things where it's like they go and they show up at the old, you know, feeble man's house. And it's just like Karen brings the whole, you know, camera crew there. And she hasn't seen him not being behind bars in 18 years. Uh, Her daughter who's with her never saw him not from behind bars. You know, it's like going to be a weird situation where this guy like agrees to do this for some reason. And it's just like, yeah. And like looks at the camera and is like, can this be over? I thought that that's what it was going to be like, which we do see sometimes when people like drag their heels and are like, I guess I'll be on camera. And you're like, oh, why did you agree to do this? This was not that. This was like, guess what, folks? Sammy the Bull is on a reality TV show now. And I'm going to make every moment of it. This is my new career. And I was like, damn. This guy's going to be on our TV show now. He's just going to be, he's like the most famous snitch in mafia history. And he's going to now be a reality TV star. And it got me juiced a little bit for the rest of the episodes. I want more of that. Well, you watch it. You tell me how it goes. What? You're not going to come on this freaking trip with me? Come on. Nah, I'm out. Come on, Ash. I'm out. I'm out. Know, fine. So after that, and this was always my plan, I was like, you know what? I was scrolling around Hulu, and I went on the Lifetime channel on Hulu, and it turns out that Lifetime has one biopic that we can watch on Hulu without commercials, and that's Victoria Gotti, my father's daughter. I watched the trailer, and I was like, gotta watch this. Ashley, how'd you feel when I was like, we're gonna watch this? I was felt pretty neutral about it. I didn't feel one way or the other. I ended up really liking it. Yeah, um, you and, did. And I will say that it is bad yeah the reason i wanted to watch this was because i'm really into the lifetime unauthorized biography series that they have the unauthorized biopics that they have which like include 
a Britney Spears, Britney Murphy. They did one with um, the, the Saved by the Bell story, a full house story. And they're really cheesy and they're like bad acted. And it just looked like they were put toge- together in like a long weekend. And so I saw this Victoria Gotti one and I watched the trailer. It looks like, oh, right up my alley. Exactly that. But also um, this one is a little different because this one is authorized. Victoria Gotti, they just took it from her for her autobiography, and she herself does like interviews. She narrates it and narrates. She narrates it's it, interspliced between with like reality TV show interviews. And this is like a ninety-minute movie. And um, honestly, when I first popped it on, I didn't expect it. And when all of a sudden we saw like her in an interview chair doing interviews, and the interviews were not. They didn't seem scripted. I mean, clearly these were things that they had plotted out, but she was answering questions in the interview, and it seemed pretty real, and quite honestly, it was delightful. She's the star of the movie, okay? And I mean that both in that that that's what the movie's content is about, her life, but also these interview scenes peppered throughout were the most compelling, for sure, because the scripted, acted parts um, were pretty cheesy, um weren't that well acted i don't know what's going on to be honest i don't want to critique anyone's it's, acting it's the lifetime way that they do things yeah. they cut corners and one of the corners that they cut was they had the same actress play victoria Gotti at 15 that they did at 49 it was it was very an interesting choice and <laughs> uh, they didn't age her or the mother even though the time passed i know they just had her dye her hair at some point yeah but it's hard to tell. I don't think it's necessarily the acting that's bad. I think that it's just the way the format is that it just everything comes across as very cheesy. But these interview segments with Victoria Gotti were really, really compelling. They made me interested in yeah. her. Now, Victoria Gotti is John Gotti's daughter. Maybe yes. some of you don't know that. But uh, infamous mob boss John Gotti, the Teflon Don, the Dapper Don, uh, this is her, uh, his daughter, and uh, she. The reason that she is the star, he he had other kids, but she became sort of notable on her own because she started writing novels, and then she uh, had a, a column in the Sun, right? Star in the I Star, think, yeah. um, every star week, magazine. Star Magazine, doing like celebrity gossip, and then eventually, um, in the early aughts in two thousand four, she got a reality show on A and E called Growing Up Gotti, which spawned. Um, the love, uh, the love affair of reality and, and mafia culture and, and pretty much was directly responsible for the Jersey Shore. As I was doing a deep dive into her last night, I, I came across an interview that she did for the 10 year anniversary of growing up Gotti, which we're going to definitely talk about in a minute here. And she said that her three sons were approached to be on the Jersey shore and that they declined. So God, their lives could have been drastically different. Well, they probably didn't have the greatest time doing growing up Gotti. And also they're independently wealthy. Yeah. So they don't need the the beans that were being offered to them. I'm sure first season Jersey Shore cast was, was not, not making a, anything. Yeah. They were probably getting like an $800 check a week. Yeah. Um, but okay. So she does these, these little interview sections throughout the movie. And something that was interesting is that like I would say 80% of the time her interview sections would lead into the next scene that we would see. But 20% of the time, she would say something in the interview, and then you would think that it was going to lead into the next scene, and it w- the next scene would have nothing to do with it. Like, at one point, she's talking about how her dad organized her sister's entire wedding. And she's, she's like, yeah, and he planned the entire wedding. And then it cuts to a scene that's her birthday, celebrating her birthday. And you're like, what? Where's the wedding? It makes me wonder, like, how much this was remixed in post-production. But also there were times in which uh there some scene was acted and you're like what the fuck is going on here and then immediately after you ask that question victoria pops in with an interview what's going on here (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what's going on here and you're like oh thank you victoria this is actually very helpful Mm -hmm. um you know there uh, is uh it, it was compelling for me in a few ways i thought it was kind of an interesting story to hear her side of the things because i saw the movie gaudy um, no mention of Victoria Gotti in this movie, Gotti. Um, but you get to see, you know, a, a, a depiction of what it's like to be like, you know, the Godfather's daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, and I, it was also compelling based on the fact that it was very cheesy, like I yeah. said. 
also the the fact that I mean I understand Sicilians um are you know uh, have a very Mediterranean look about themselves you know clearly this family really looked like a Spanish family um the guy who played John Gotti the younger kids younger kids too but I was actually more taken I mean. John Gotti seemed like it was played by Edward James Olmos. I mean, look him up, uh, like a young Edward James Olmos. Um, uh, and, and I just thought that that was an, an odd, and even his, his like, the dictation and the accent um, leaned more on, like, a Spanish accent, you know, Spanish-American, rather than uh, an Italian-American accent. And I was like, how did you, how'd you fuck this one up? lifetime you didn't couldn't find one old italian guy to play john Gotti. i mean I maybe this the, guy's italian i don't really know but he just didn't look like john Gotti. he didn't sound like john Gotti, and it didn't feel like i was watching a john Gotti movie it kind of it kind i kept seeing this actor being john Gotti and victoria but because i didn't know the story i wasn't familiar familiar with it it was just like i'm watching some sort of mafioso tale and i kept having to remind myself oh this is the john Gotti story i um, found the the guy to be maybe the best actor of the bunch he was good he was yeah. good he was good but you're right he didn't seem like john Gotti. cuz i looked up pictures of john yeah. Gotti afterwards and i was like oh these this put it this <laughs> very way very different looking in the same year john Gotti was played by that guy and john travolta do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i would say Travolta looked more like John Gotti um, uh, in, in, when you sort of do a side-by-side, um, especially in the end. Like, they didn't have him gain any weight. Why was he so thin throughout the movie? Yeah. The guy was kind of a, a kind of a husky guy. Slap a fat suit on him. Yeah, Give him was, a belly, at least. They just did not want to pay for any other actors to do this. And honestly, as I said before, when, when the character of Victoria was 15 it was played by our main character the same actress who looked 28 who was 29. like 28 yeah when she did it she's playing a 15 year old and then she played like a 45 year old <laughs> and this they just changed the wig and a little bit of the makeup they did nothing to change victoria's mother yeah so they just look like they're friends throughout yeah. the entire like- in the 50s when victoria met john she just was a brunette with makeup on. Yeah. And then in the 1990s, when she was probably 65, 70 years old, she was the same actress, same makeup, same hair. Yeah. It was, it's odd. It's like they forgot or something. Yeah, it was very strange. But needless to say, it did get me interested in Victoria Gotti. And this is, I think, the difference between this. Um, I mean, there's a lot of differences. There's scripted and unscripted. But, like, the main difference between what's compelling is that Victoria Gotti, like, really grew up in it in a in a huge way where it shaped every aspect of her to the point where I don't know if this woman can move on. You know, she's obviously established her own identity. She seems her hair and the way she moves, she seems um, like a cultural icon in some ways. It might be a stretch, but she's definitely in the zeitgeist. And I just I found myself interested in this. And then so when Nick said, let's check out the first episode of Growing Up Gotti. It's on Prime, folks. I said, yeah, let's do that. I was much to my uh, uh, surprise. I had I had no idea that you were gonna take me up on watching that. That's usually a hard no from Ashley. Once we've watched like a lot of reality, when I try to tack another thing on, yeah. Uh, but you were into it, yep. And we watched Grown Up God. You watched the first episode that aired sometime in two thousand and four, and. Um, Ash, what were your initial... You never had seen this show before. Never had seen it once. Now, I remember when this was like a, um, a cultural phenomenon, the fact that um, we're... Victoria Gotti, John Gotti's daughter, has a reality show? Yeah. What is this about? And then it airs, and people are like amazed by her three kids. Like, can't believe that they've never seen anything like this before. Which, honestly, her three kids are three Polly D's. Yeah. That's who you're looking at. They have the Polly D haircut. They talk like Polly D. They act like Polly D. They're Polly D's. By the way, I had a dream last night that we got Polly D on the pod and we interviewed him for two hours. Wow. Was it a dream or a premonition? I hope the latter. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ashley, uh, take it away. What'd you think about this? I loved it. I thought it was, first off, it's fun to watch because it's a time capsule. I mean, the fashion alone, lots of ladies in like pink 
rip off like Chanel blazers, like the little fuzzy pink, pink Chanel blazers that Paris Hilton really brought to our attention circa 2003, 2004. Um, loved the fashion. I liked Victoria. I liked her from the movie and I continued to like her in this episode. Her sons were funny and chaotic and there was a couple of really like interesting scenes here. I mean, Victoria goes on a date, a blind date with a bald man, which first off, anytime that that is a storyline, that's going to make me laugh just because it's sort of like with the designing women storyline. Yeah, it's what it felt like <laughs> yeah. uh, that that when Charlene goes on a date with a fat man. Yeah, when anyone makes like a big deal out of something like that, I, you know, it's just, it's it, it seemed ridiculous to me. And then so she goes on the date with this guy and then he's kind of a prick and she reads him she gives him such a like mm, eloquent strong like rebuttal to a critique he has made about her appearance yeah. and, and then, then and leaves. then a, and then a firm dressing down like loved it yeah it was wonderful um I like Victoria Gotti. I do too. I think she's cool, and um, I would actually like to watch more of Growing Up Gotti just because I don't remember any of it at all. I'm not all. against it. I found her sons to be entertaining. Yeah. If, if you know, possibly very problematic, they seemed like entitled, and there's clearly a lot of misogyny happening. Like, at one point, Victoria's brother comes over for dinner, and she's, you know, introducing, she's floating out the idea that she's going to go on this date, and then the way that the kids react is so over the top so against her going on a date because their dad is in prison um i know from my internet sleuthing that her she had gotten a divorce from him before this began because when he was getting um when the charges were going against him that it uh resulted in his imprisonment it was revealed that he had been having an affair with his secretary and so that is when they got a divorce so but anyway call mine so yeah so they're having this dinner and like the way that these boys are talking to their mother is astonishing and then the second that their uncle pipes up he's like no brothers you get along you get along brothers get along and they just like all duck their heads and like are nodding and like fall into line immediately like you watch these boys with your mother with their mother and you're like they're out of control they're chaotic nothing can contain them and then their uncle says like two cut the shit boys and yeah like oh. yeah, oh, yeah they're cowering. They, they completely turn in they deflate and i was like what the hell is going on here yeah and you know when that speech i mean Basically, what had happened at that table was the brothers were talking about how they were fighting over something. And uh, the uncle who was there helping out uh, his sister, Victoria, was just like, hey, this is your brothers. You know what this means? And like gave them like families, everything. Now, you got to remember, we had just watched that that show, right? His yeah. brother got run over by a car when they were kids. And that was a really traumatic Frankie. experience. R.I.P for the uh, entire Gotti family and uh, it made Victoria sort of um I guess become hysterical is what they said uh which she had to get a hysterectomy they they did make almost that connection for us which I know oh, is, I didn't feel that well she the the in the biopic yeah her little brother gets run over by the neighbor yeah and then she starts kind of having episodes where yeah. she's like kind of unresponsive she's not feeling well and they call her hysterical they say it might be hysteria hysteria yeah. which was a thing I guess this is the 70s so so uh, hysteria was something that was um, uh, you know uh, doctors would claim women would get based Four on centuries yeah right, women right. you know burn the witch right right she's crazy basically yeah. she's got the cra woman crazy disease hysteria yeah. and then in the next scene she's got to get a hysterectomy well she has, she never got one as far as i'm concerned but the doctor as far as the movie showed us but the doctor calls and says she might have to have one and then she's like will i ever have kids and then that's why they have to get because if you have a hysterectomy you can't have kids right of course but then she had multiple children so who knows when she got it now it was when, never addressed when a woman back then would be diagnosed with hysteria would a cure for that be a hysterectomy? No, I don't oh, okay. think so. I mean, what I'm guessing is that, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make any medical guesses oh, here. Oh, please. About You're a doctor, though. What right? her deal was. But what did you think of the pilot? Um, I thought that it was really fun, classic reality from, from uh, and you know, from, from that time, from the early aughts, it reminded me of early Jersey Shore. Yeah. It reminded me of like a true life. I'm a mob 
the mob boss's daughter. Yeah. Um, uh, it reminded me of MTV reality and VH1 reality of that time. But what's interesting is this is A&E. So technically, like, if there was a show on A&E right now, it would be more like a docu-series. More serious. Because you got to think the, the A&E reality shows right now that people really like, 60 Days In, things yeah. like that. So this was, like, the big spike of that. And this was also around the time that... Uh, Danny Bonaducci had a reality show mm. like Breaking Bonaducci, which was like all of a sudden people who were like loose, loosely ce- that show, celebrity. That yeah. show wasn't after Breaking Bad. No, I don't think so. Oh, no, I, I thought think... that took the name. No, because of the... this was like in 2004. I mean, when was Breaking Bad? Uh, 2010. Yeah. You know? No, this was like back then. Huh. And and celebrities were going on who were like who like needed careers were doing reality shows docu-series where they were like going through traumatic experiences and like breaking bonaducci was like a drug addict and and like anger addict and all these things and so there was a uh a, a show about him at this time and so i remember that this victoria Gotti thing was like a, in that universe of like this is gonna be serious so when i when i popped on the Gotti show when i popped on um uh, growing up Gotti, i was like couldn't remember if it was like felt like a docu-series this does not feel like a docu-series this is like a fun classic reality show it was almost like flavor of love yeah it Uh, it was fun it was fun and especially fun because of its awesome theme song oh yes uh lil kim does uh these boots were made for walking and she goes i'm lil kim Gotti." She yeah. calls herself Lil Kim Gotti. Well, classic because they all, all of like the rappers of her generation used to do this mafioso thing. Yeah. Uh, in like the mid 90s. That was like a big thing. A lot of it spawned from, you know, John Gotti and sort of the way he kind of acted. Uh, yeah. You know, the the sort of I'm a, you know, I'm a quote unquote, uh, you know, gangster hip hop and then quote unquote mafia gangster. There is sort of like a kinship there. Yeah. Um, And also like mafia guys like, end up wearing like a lot of hip-hop stuff like a lot of jordans and like track suits and stuff like that well, you know that, what I mean? yeah i mean if you want if the sopranos teach us anything exactly so it's like there is like this sort of uh love affair of these two you know sects of society well it's both um, glorifi- glorifying organized crime and glorifying you know money drugs you know beating the system beating the system yeah gangsters i mean i don't know how we got here but Lil kim right um you loved that theme song i thought it was i I couldn't tell if it was just like a bad copy that they have on prime or if that's the worst mixed song i've ever heard in my life it was like tinny like it reminded me of the old keeping up with the kardashians opening that was cartoons yeah and so the fact that it was cartoon and little kim was rapping i just was like i it got me excited for what we were about to see it really sets the stage did you ever watch mob wives no Never get you to watch that uh you know there's a character on mob wives a character it's a real person but um big Ange. yeah big Ange is fantastic by the way the one thing i the last thing i saw from victoria Gotti is she came to big Ange's bar the hairy monkey or whatever the fuck it's called and uh gave like big Ange a talk about like staying away from men who are involved in the life. Oh. Um, you know, because Victoria, ever since growing up, Gotti has been like kind of clawing to try to be back in TV somehow. Yeah. Hasn't really happened. Um, but yeah, she was on that. Uh, yeah, but I'll tell you, uh, Mob Wives is like a, f- the first two seasons is a very good reality show. <laughs> I think you might like Mob Wives only because of Drita. Drita's a great character, okay? Drita now, and she is- uh, I'm not going to watch it. She's internet famous based uh, on the fact that she- Oh, uh, yeah, she I did, did enjoy a, that. She did a play-by-play of the Courtney Kim fist fight that happened on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I watched that, and I loved it. It was on it was Twitter. Great. Did you watch that fight, by the way? No, I just watched her play-by-play. I it, watched her narrate it. It's such an interesting- I mean, we're going to end the show here, but we might as well talk a little Kardashians. Basically, what happens is like- Kim just makes like a snide remark about how Courtney doesn't like do enough, doesn't care about the family enough. And Courtney like takes offense to it and is like, stop saying that shit or I'm going to kick your ass. And like everybody starts laughing. Chloe and and Kim are like, what are you even talking about? And you could tell like, you know, when like Kendall's there too. Somebody has, yeah, she had something to do with it as well. I don't remember. But um, then like she gets up and is like, I'm being serious. And, and Kim's like, get out of here. Like you're crazy. And like rolls her eyes and like pushes her. And then they, 
she pushes her back, and then one of them kicks the other one, the other one claws the other one, and then they just start fucking fighting, like fist fighting. That's crazy. Like throwing punches and grabbing hair, and it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, there's some uh, blood being drawn, some nails in a back, and Drita on her Twitter or whatever like did a slow motion play-by-play because she's like known on that show for like fist fighting. She's pretty much a badass um, and like can't ha- handle her anger. Like there are yeah. scenes where she like can't flip out, but you see like she's in a situation where she has to flip out and she just turns beet red. Yeah. Um, so she was a perfect person to kind of uh, uh, do the play-by-play there, the color on that. And uh, you should check that out on the internet if you, if you haven't. You know what else you should check out on the internet? Well, this Wednesday is the challenge, folks. That's right, episode three. We're going to be doing our recap. It'll definitely be up by Thursday, folks. So make sure that you're refreshing that feed and you're listening to all our Challenge 35 Total Madness recaps. Also, check us out on Instagram at Reality Blows Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Reality Blows Pod. Check Ashley out on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. Check me out on Instagram at Nick Maritato. And you can email us any comments, questions, concerns, or recommendations at Reality Blows podcast at gmail.com thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back next week we love you all goodbye Bye.